0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Bill Altman to help you find out how to be financially tuned.
1: And welcome to another show of Financially Tuned with me, Bill Altman. And Today, we have a very special guest on. His name is Wayne Schmidt. Wayne is our Chief Investment Officer of Gradient Investments, a money management firm that we use out of Arden Hills, Minnesota. Wayne, thank you so much for being on today. How's it going? It's going great, and thanks for inviting me on the show. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, everybody, thanks so much for coming on and listening to us on this gorgeous Sunday morning. Tony Shore is out today, and he, we're giving him a little break, and I think he certainly deserves it. Wayne knows Tony pretty darn well, and I think you can probably attest to that too, can't you? Yeah, no, Tony's
2: great and does a great job on the radio. We'll miss him, but we'll carry on without him. And I I heard he
1: does a heck of a park job too, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, I caught him in the office the other day parking uh, kind of at an angle and head-on parking, and I was going to say something to him, but I'll leave that for you, Bill, next time you can razz him a little bit about that.
1: <laughs> That's great. Now, Wayne, you've been managing money for about 30 years. Yeah, a long time. I uh, spent 24
2: years with Advanced Capital, which was Minnesota Life's investment department, managing primarily fixed income. Uh, for them, I worked five years with AXA investment managers. They actually reported in over to Paris, but we had our office in Minneapolis, and, and that time was investing bonds in the investment-grade fixed-income universe. And 10 years ago, I found Gradient Investments. We started with $10 million, small. Uh, now we've grown to $2.1 billion of assets under management. So it's been an amazing ride the last 10 years with Gradient Investments.
1: So for the majority of your time, Wayne, you've been on the bond side then, on fixed-income side? Yeah, no, that's true. So I have a lot of
2: background in fixed income uh, from the institutional side, coming over to Gradient and and working with advisors and, and, and clients have had more opportunity to work on the equity side of the markets through ETFs and through some individual stocks. And we have some stock experts on staff. My colleague, Mike Binger, Mike has been 24 years at Thrivent, managing large cap growth. So we're, we're well versed in fixed income and equity management.
1: Well, that's fantastic. I know we've been working with Gradient for a number of years and have been so happy and a lot of our clients are so happy. Very professional money management. And, you know, as we got into 2018, I think we knew that there was going to be volatility for sure. We're definitely in a pretty long term bull, bull run of the equities and the, really the bond market too. just ended a 35 year bull run. Isn't that right? Yeah,
2: no, that's true. And I don't know if it's been confirmed that we're out of that bull run yet, but it seems like we're starting to head up a little bit in interest rates. Maybe that is over. You know, and the, the run we've had in the equity market has been um, amazing, you know, that we're nine and a half years into this this run. But in our opinion, it looks like it still has legs to continue into the future. We have, you know, moderate GDP growth that's actually increasing a little bit. We have strong corporate earnings. So there's no reason uh, to believe that the bull market is not going to continue um, in the stock market, at least for the foreseeable future.
1: Sure. What do you think about tariffs? Let me get your take on that.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, at the end, of the end of the day, and I know we're, you know, we talk free and fair trade is probably the world would be in a better place if we could do that. We've evolved into tariffs, and I think, you know, higher tariffs are not the long-term answer, uh, but maybe it's the... Uh, the stick that gets everybody's attention to say, you know, we, we want to get a little bit fairer deal, maybe get lower tariffs around the world. And there's going to be a little pain um, in getting from where we are today to maybe a better place. And I think we're experiencing a little bit of that pain now with the volatility that we're seeing in the market. So less tariffs are better than more tariffs. And maybe we have to have more tariffs to get to less tariffs.
1: And we've seen a lot of pressure on the market from the strong U.S. dollar. We've seen a lot of, uh, uh, I think, strain on the market from just the tariffs in general, especially on the international side. But we've also seen value lag a little bit this year, haven't we? Yeah,
2: you know, it's been a situation. And uh, the S&P 500 are 500 companies. And if you break it down, you know, about half of those companies fit into what I would call value uh, companies and half are into growth companies, you know. Maybe we think about... Uh, you know, the growth companies being, uh, you know, Apple and Amazon and some of these things that grow like crazy and value companies being more like AT&T, you know, those solid, steady dividend payers. And and we've seen a dispersion here over the last year and a half that growth has been the place to be and value hasn't. But that usually goes through cycles. Um, We've had years before that where value performed a lot better than growth and You know, we're probably if you're a value investor, you probably say, you know, values lag for a long time. Maybe that's where I should look for opportunities versus the growth that's been outstanding here over the last year and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really has, too, and we've seen a lot of growth in the emerging market sector, Uh, we've seen growth in, in like you said, the fangs, right, the Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, but, you know, talking about that, uh, Mike, I saw Mike Binger on TV not too long ago, and Mike Binger is also a chartered financial analyst, I forgot to mention that earlier, Wayne with us here today is a chartered financial analyst, Um, and again, portfolio manager uh, for Gradient Investments, and he is... Uh, someone that's really been heavily involved in in the fixed income market, but also very well understands equities. When and Wayne, when I saw Mike Binger on TV uh, just the other week, I'm sitting in my office with a client. We're talking about the market, and sure enough, our money manager is on right behind us. And I'd say, hey, turn around. It was on mute, and there was Mike talking about about Netflix, and someone was deb- debating him. And Mike said, you know, I just don't really like like it at right now, and I just don't see it going well. I forget exactly what he was saying, but then sure sure enough, sure enough, it took a pretty big drop after that. Yeah, I think he was on two days
2: before earnings were going to get released or a day and a half before. And I think the um, the newscaster there was kind of saying, well, how could you not like Netflix? And Mike was just on saying, well, you know, I think they're overextended in here, you know, and I'd look for a pullback. Little did we know that that pullback was going to be, you know, in the 15% range, you know, where Netflix stock did drop after that. So that happened to be a a good call. Sometimes we have good calls and sometimes we have bad calls. But I, I think generally, you know, Mike and, and all of us have been around the markets for a long time and, and try to take a, a balanced, level-headed approach to to what's going and recognize when something looks really cheap and recognize when something looks overextended. And that was a situation where, you know, Netflix a great company. It's had a great run, but maybe it gotten to the point where it's a little bit overextended and it too will, will bounce back again.
1: Hey, there's a you know how what do you think about Tesla?
2: Yeah, you know that's a hard one. Um, you know it's obviously been in the in the news and the headlines a little bit with the the tweets and taking the company private P- and from public and you know it's it's kind of an interesting situation because I think Elon Musk is a brilliant person, um, you know, and yet from running a company standpoint, some of the things that have happened where he kind of barked out at the Two conference calls ago talking about earnings and basically hung up on the, the analyst and the question the Question saying we're done here is probably more the actions of a entrepreneur who doesn't want somebody looking over their shoulder, you know, and maybe he needs a, a general in there to run the business. But I think, you know, what he's done has been quite amazing, you know, with the cards is just, you know, with the electric cars and the design and all those things. And he's, he's brilliant. Uh, but then I think probably need a little bit more from a company management standpoint of running a little bit tighter ship. But uh, but I think from an equity holder standpoint, that is a little bit dicier, dicier name to own, uh, especially at these levels and, and with some of the uncertainty there.
1: And, and didn't he say he, he, he had the money and funding in place to take it public at 400 bucks a share?
2: Well, he said that, and then now it's a question: the SEC is looking at, did he really have the funding in hand, or was that just talk, and did it manipulate the stock price? So there's going to be more to come. This is a evolving story that we're not going to know the final answer to for a while. But uh, I'm sure his lawyers and things will, you know, figure a way out. But he kind of put himself in a and the company and the board in a difficult situation, I think, by something as simple as a. 140 character tweet.
1: Right. And the SEC is is really worried about the the shareholders at this point, right? Oh,
2: yeah. And certainly, you know, and they're there to protect shareholders and they don't want people, you know, insider information or manipulating a stock price or serious things. So they're going to take a serious look at it. And that's what regulators do.
1: Okay, well, that's great. We're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, we're going to talk about volatility in the market. We're going to talk about earnings and kind of what to expect on the horizon. Again, thanks for listening, and we will be right back. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help
0: navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning asset allocation tax planning legacy planning and more receive your retirement toolkit from the premier group right now by going to paradvisor.com or by calling us at 402-557-6730
1: and again, welcome back, folks. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in this morning. Again with us, Wayne Schmidt with grading Investments. Wayne, well, talking about volatility in the market, I think you were telling me a little bit, um, you know, volatility is back. It, it's here. It's nothing to freak out about. I, it's nothing where we should be hitting a panic button, right? This, I think the last thing somebody wants to do is pretend we know what's going to happen tomorrow and hit the panic button, um, go to cash at the wrong time, or buy in at the wrong time, either one, but I think key is staying invested in good quality portfolios and well-balanced, right? Making sure that we have good green money on the safe side and red money on the riskier side with the market, you know, and having a nice balance of both, you can really create the optimal portfolio and talking about volatility for the rest of the year, where do you see things playing out? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, what you
2: said is exactly right. And I agree with what you said. You know, volatility in 2017 was basically non-existent. You know, we had a free ride. And if you look at the market measured, let's say the S&P 500 had eight trading days, just eight, where it traded more than 1% higher or 1% lower. You know, year to date through into August here, we have had 40 days where the market has moved by more than 1% higher, 1% lower. So this is more the norm. 2018, 2017 was the exception. I think as we're rolling into the midterm elections and the trade wars and whether we're going to sit down with China and hammer something out, you know, and and Turkey and all the other issues that are out there, we're, we're probably set up for more volatility rather than less volatility as we move into the end of the year. And you throw the Federal Reserve into that and they're raising interest rates here. So, so there's just a lot more on the horizon and that's not a bad thing. I'd say it's just a normal thing. Uh, but what you said about staying invested in your portfolio is so important uh, for people to do. It's you know just have a good plan, have a balanced plan and stay invested for the long term.
1: Right. And I see other portfolios that we review when, when people come into the office and want a, a real comprehensive review and analysis of their current holdings and how they're currently invested and what actions uh, does the portfolio take in the event of markets uh, going up or down. And and lately we've seen portfolios that have these features on them where you kind of choose your risk level, where if you go down 10%, it, it stops and sells. If it's down 20%, it stops and sells. Uh, it, really, that's not really our philosophy. And that kind of runs a little bit more into a day trading philosophy. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's tough to, to successfully trade. And you want your overall portfolio to have a path that you're on and a risk path that you're comfortable with um, in that portfolio. You don't want to be too risky and you don't want to have too little risk. So you need to find that balance that's right for you. Everybody's different. In terms of their finances, their lifestyle, how much money they need Um, and you really just have to find that balance. You know we were looking at one chart you know that showed over the last 20 years and for a good chunk of that you know the first 10 years wasn't the greatest for the stock market but stocks have returned twice of what bonds have earned over the last 20 years and bonds have returned three times more than what cash has returned over that time period. So being in cash is not the answer. The trouble is when you get there, how are you, are you smart enough to get back out of it and get back into the market? So I think being in the market in a balanced way is the right solution, but it's got to be balanced for your situation. And that includes some safe money annuities for income, you know, some bond market exposure for liquidity and take advantage of market setbacks and some stock money for growth. You need all those things working for you.
1: Right and we were talking about if there indeed is a market correction that really creates an opportunity.
2: No, exactly. You know, and and you know, we would look at a correction from here, let's say a 10% correction is a better buying opportunity. You know, if you've been in a portfolio, let's say that 60% stocks and 40 bonds and now you're 70% stock and 30 bonds, well now that we're up near the highs and things are going good, now you ought to be thinking about Well, let me rebalance back to 60-40. Let me take some of those stock profits, go back to bonds. And if we switch the other way where you get that 10% correction, now you have some money that you've pulled back out of the market that you're willing to put back in. So your timing has to be right. Remember, we're trying to uh, buy low, um, you know, and sell high. That's That's the goal. And a lot of times mentally we get trapped in doing the opposite.
1: Well, it's the greed factor, right? And uh, we've seen it uh, so, so often what, where, you know, somebody's up, uh, you know, 30% and something, and and they don't want to get out of it because it's that greed factor. What's going to happen next? Am I going to miss out on the next 30%? But I, I you know, I caution everybody um, to have that mentality. You want to be very careful. Greed a lot of times gets us in trouble. And it's, I think, more important than anything is just a well-balanced portfolio that matches your own risk tolerance. And, How old are you? When are you going to start drawing income from your portfolio? Are you younger like me um, who has a lot longer time to build the portfolio where I can take the Ups and the downs, and knowing that a good, well-balanced portfolio will perform well over over time um, is a lot different than somebody, say, of my dad's age, who is 67 years old, where these, you know, where it, it, he needs probably to be a little bit more on the more conservative side. He doesn't have as much time to make up money in that portfolio or make up those losses than say someone at 38 does.
2: No, exactly. You know, and I have two children that are in their early thirties and I tell them, you know, make sure you're saving in your 401k, put it away, put it in the stock market. Don't worry about it. Don't look at it. You know, I'm 63 and I'm, you know, I'm probably 50% stocks, 50% bonds. You know, I got an income figured out later in retirement. So, you know, that feels right for me. Uh, but for my kids, it's like, you know, equity is the market. Stocks are the market where you're going to build wealth over time. Don't be afraid of it. Just be in it over the long haul and don't get scared off if the going gets rough. And don't get, you know, again, too greedy if it's uh, if it's going really well. But, uh, you know, if you're young enough, you have time on your side and you got to take advantage of that.
1: Right, and just you know, stay protected. Uh, income is key. Uh, we know Social Security. We talk a lot about Social Security maximization. It's a big deal. Um, just earlier uh, this week, we we've uh, helped people apply for Social Security multiple times and to get their benefits, whether it's spousal benefits or ex-spousal benefits, or you know, maybe it's you have you're a widow and there are benefits that you are entitled to from your deceased spouse, those benefits are often overlooked. And and so when we can increase your social security income or, or pension income and, and maximize that income, it's less money that you have to pull from your portfolio, the longer it has to build, the more maybe the splurging in retirement that you can do, or the more, the bigger the legacy that you can leave behind. We are, again, going to talk about the uh, current 2018 forecast. I think it's very Very important to kind of have an idea of what's going on here. Wayne, can you lead us here? Yeah, no, I think our view and, you know,
2: we look at the stock market. We look at international stock markets. We look at our bond market and and things. And where we see things is we think the U.S. economy continues to expand. And that's good news. You know, we've been running two, two and a half, moving up to 3% GDP growth. That is also a good thing. Do we get up to 4%? Well, we're going to see. If it does, we have a lot of fiscal stimulus that has been putting through with corporate tax cuts, with individual tax cuts, and we'll see how that plays through the system. You know, so we think that the economy is in good shape. Corporate earnings are, you know, it doesn't get much better than this. Okay, we we're looking for 20% year-over-year growth in corporate earnings. Um, it's going to be down a little bit, but we can't grow at 20 25% forever. So we're going to see a little bit of a decline as we move into... 2019, but we still see that as a positive. You know, international economies, they've had a little bit of a pullback here. I think the trade wars have had more of an effect on those emerging markets than they have on the U.S. As Bill mentioned, our dollar is getting stronger, their currencies are getting weaker. Uh, They're getting hit a little bit by a little bit of a slowdown, but we expect those international markets to continue to grow. You know, on the interest rate front and bonds, we've, you know, we've been through two Fed tightenings this year, Uh, we've had one in March, one in June, we're probably, we're definitely going to get one in September, we may get one in December, Uh, so the Fed is raising short-term interest rates, but they can, they need to do that because we need to get back to a more normal monetary policy after the the seven-year zero interest rate policy that they adopted when we came out of the financial crisis, helped us get through the financial crisis okay, you know, but now they need to get back. They can kind of do it under the cover of the fiscal stimulus. That's there to stimulate the economy, and the Fed's there to say, well, let's not get it too stimulated. So I can see what they're doing. It makes sense. You know, bonds are not going to offer any kind of exciting return uh, for the rest of this year or next year, and it hasn't been exciting this year. I think the aggregate index is down about a percent this year. Um, and if we get that thing to zero or 1%, and Next year, 1%, 2% in bonds ought to be your expectation from bonds. So returns are low. That's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. Um, but it is a safer place for your money. You know, I wish all of us could have afford to have all our money in the stock market. But if we do get a correction at some point, you need some money on the sidelines. You need some of that liquid safe money to go. But we're still positive on the markets in general, more so on the stock market. We would view any correction in the stock market whether it be the midterm elections or, you know, the, it seems like in October, we usually have a little bit of a uh, setback anyway, more of a seasonal setback. But if we do get a, you know, 5 10% correction in stocks, that maybe makes a better buying opportunity versus run for cover opportunity. So, again, think opposite. Corrections make good opportunities to buy at cheaper prices.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for that, Wayne. And I do want to remind all of you out there, uh, we do monthly events, investment and social security reviews and workshops. And a lot of those times are held in the evening at six or six 30 at area restaurants where we can really dive into what's going on with changes or what's going on with social security, how best to file and really educating you on those topics as well as going into the investment side. Uh, So, again, folks, I urge you, if you haven't been to one of those events or if you have and you need a a review, you're so welcome to attend. They are complimentary. Give us a call right here at the office, 402-557-6730. Again, 402-557-6730. And, again, don't hesitate to pop up our website. Go to the web at paradvisor.com, P A R advisor.com. We have incredible educational videos on there. You can book an appointment right through that website. You can register for an event and see when our next events are right on that website. So again, a great resource for you and for your loved ones when you're considering retirement and what to do next. Again, give us a call right here, locally in Omaha, 402-557-6730. I'd love to sit down and meet with you. Again, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Bill Altman at the Premier Advisory Group. Call 402-557-6730 or visit their website at